Transition by Panta Kalhor. Let's be together in Transition, episode 20. Welcome to PTSD Self-Healing Show. I'm your host, Panta Kalhor. PTSD Recovery with EFT with Richard Morden, Certified EFT Practitioner and Emotional Success Coach. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition Channel in YouTube and order my book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Get pregnant by unleashing your reproductive power. Anybody these days can hear about EFT tapping and how it can affect uh, treatment for PTSD. I'm really, really excited to have somebody here to talk about EFT. He is uh, Richard Morden, and he uses EFT-guided sessions to bring healing to clients from trauma, PTSD, anxiety, depression, panic attacks, and other deep-rooted issues that often traditional therapy cannot resolve. So welcome to our show, Richard. I'm very excited to have you here and uh, uh, can't wait to hear what you're talking about this uh, method. Thank you, Patia. I said it correctly. It's, it's an honor to be here. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Again, getting our message out is so important for what we can do to help people. I think a lot of people still don't know there's so much alternative care for them in this realm of medicine that we can access you know mm-hmm. we're, we're and nothing wrong there's a lot of great traditional work but i think if you want to look outside that to what else is available to you it's uh there's some great uh, methodologies um opportunities some wonderful practices out there in, in different areas that i mean we all care we all want to help people right and yes, so yes. whatever whatever works with the client whatever works with that connection with the practitioner and the client is, is key uh, yes. Yes. All right, Richard, tell me about yourself. How did you end up doing this and why, um, how, how long have you been doing it? Um, I discovered this uh, in, I guess, April of 2013. I, you know, I've always been a reader of different things and studying, and somehow this popped up on a webinar series of Nick and Jessica Orton there called The Tapping Summit. And this this is around April or so, and I started watching it. And I'd heard a little bit before, but it intrigued me. And you know, I'd sort of been on a search for different things too over the years. And and this popped up, and I didn't realize how important it would be in my life because that was April and June of 2013. I lost my wife due to a brain aneurysm. So, so sorry. Uh, okay, and now I thank you for that. Um, but I you know I had my son was uh, 18, my daughter 17. My son just finished university. My daughter was just finished almost out of high school before. You know, we had that make decision to um, take care of life support. So I thought I need something to really help me be present. You know, I was I love being dad. I was I was always we were always a family like that. I want to be more present with my kids. So I thought I'll I'll uh, so I was doing this just with what I saw online, and I thought it's helping, right? And I was you know doing everything else, and we had good family around us. My boots, my in-laws. So we were not. Yes, we lost something important, but we are not. We were not alone. So I thought I want to be better than I could be emotionally so i again working on it and i looked for a course and i found one in, in uh, october of that year 2013 um so that was a few months after my wife had passed i thought okay i'll take this three-day course and introductory dft and 
I was looking forward to it and I thought, okay, I'll work on what happened in my life, recent life. And I went into the course very open and I had major traumatic experiences, two major traumatic experiences I'm exposed during that course and, and were not even related to anything about my wife. I had a memory come up of with my father. He was a I mean, military, so pretty hard-nosed and very uh, strong and, and probably physical sense. I had a, another one come up with my brother's suicide. You know, they, those were hidden traumas I had no idea were in my body. Mm-hmm. And it was like a volcano would come out of me that weekend. And I was like, I was sweating. It was just like, it was a major... And I really looked at that after, as we said, now, if you want to find somebody to work with and connect with the other people in the course, they'll help you do your own work. So I tried. I was phoning out people because we, you know, we were just new. We were learning to practice with each other. And they just never seemed to work. So I took the course again in 2014 with a lady named Nancy Forrester, who's a master trainer, and just a, a wonderful lady who's building an incredible community. And then I took her 10-month course with that as well. And she's a retired psychotherapist and her harness your power course. So I really got into doing my own personal work. And that was what we were sort of directed by. I love, I love doing my own work because I realized there's a lot of junk. <laughs> a lot of junk in there of family experiences and generational. So I've been very committed to doing my own work ever since. And, and it helped because I was present with my children. I was there for them emotionally. I was there for them physically. I was there anyways. My daughter went off to university and my son was at home. So I was always around. Anyway. I love being dad, but I was there emotionally available to them. Mm-hmm. And I focused on my self-care to be there for them. And, and just, you know, it worked. They, bless for them, they, they went on to their schooling, finished their education. And my son's a nurse and my daughter's got her degree. And Great. I was fortunate that we had support, but. I did my work. Mm-hmm. The good thing is you actually practice it on yourself first. That's the thing about the PTSD practitioner, because I am also a PTSD practitioner. I had, I had to go tr- over lots of traumas in my life. But the point is, as you said, you have to start it from yourself first. Yes. You have to decide that you want to recover, you want to leave, and because you had kids and you want to take care of them. So you were very decisive to do this for yourself. That's and I enjoyed it. Yes. I, I enjoyed the process. I, I love the process of having colleagues to work with and that connection. Um, with PTSD and yourself, you include, we, we have to think we're alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and we want to isolate in, in this container of drama that we have, right? And so to have practitioners there that, that support you and, and care about you. And it's so important for us to, to process our own um, traumas and traumas, right? Because as I work with clients, I'm not in anybody's story. No, I'm, I'm everybody's not, unique. Yeah. 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 I'm not triggered by their story, but I'm compassionate to their, to their story. I'm compassionate with them, that, but I'm not energetically connected in the sense. So, I don't feel drained because, oh, my God, that really triggered me. No, I'm just, I'm holding space. You are for client, and that's the best place we can be. And uh, it's, again, I love doing my own work. I love practicing with people because stuff shows up you couldn't imagine. I have lots of questions from you <laughs> because this okay. PFD method recently um, is spoken everywhere. 
and uh, not anybody knows about this especially me i know about this a little bit but uh, i haven't practiced it yet i know about the tapping but i don't know exactly how is the process do you take your patient to the past exactly the moment the accident happened or what do you do do you how do you work with the patient I want my first problem. My first priority with a patient is grounding them to be safe. You know, we I want to really want to know their nervous system is very calm because oftentimes in other therapies we want to go right into the memory, but there's so many ways we can we can access that memory mm -hmm. you know, of different ways of looking at it as well. Because yes, the memory's inside us energetically, and our nervous system is connected to it. But how we want to, I want to look at how can I bring that memory up, whether it be a movie scene, whether and the movie scene doesn't have to play like we're in it because we can separate you from the scene. We can play the movie scene in the distance if it starts how it starts out. We can put it out off to an angle like whatever is awareness to you that's safe. We can change the color so you're not being triggered by it but we can still work emotionally with it. So my whole role is for you to be emotionally safe in this in this and if it is a movie scene then they can quietly play it or talk about it. Sometimes it's very people have traumas that are very intimate. You know, and, and I don't need to know those, what and what transpired, but I want to know, you can play it in your mind, what, how are you feeling? I mean, we can stop like a movie and back it up. So you can work to it, but you still have your, your you know, people get sexually abused. I don't need to know the details. Mm -hmm. You can run through them in your head. And so you're feeling safe and not vulnerable in that process. And how do you want to play that movie on? And we also say if it gets, and we can back out of it, you know, or we can, do like a matrix re-imprinting, we can actually step into the scene as an avatar. So it's all imagination, but when you step in as a as a third party to a younger self, and whether you call it, we call it an echo energetic hologram or a younger, younger self, there's maze ways we can connect to that younger self. There's ways we can resource that person. And memories are not accurate many times because they're perceptual, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you know, take example, somebody almost, this is a classic, somebody almost drowned as a child. So you're, everybody's swimming sometimes and went their head under the water for five seconds and it feels like an eternity. You have adults getting in water, I mean, 40 years later, and they start to panic because if their head's under the water for a second, and that memory's coming up. So we can eat, you know, we know they didn't drown. You know, we can go into that memory and, and work the energy in, in a very safe way. But those are minor ones, but they still have impacts in this how it affects life. So there's many ways I can approach. I really try intuitively what's going to work, what is safe for you. The methodologies there, how we choose to use it. And we do have to put things in place, some safety measures, so if it isn't too dramatic. Um, and it's not a one session. The biggest point yes. I want to say, EFT is not a one session breakout. It takes time. Exactly. Yes, I, am, I believe in it. You, need, uh, you know, I had an accident and I talk about these accidents everywhere. <laughs> but somebody robbed my car, threw me out of the car and uh, treated me with the knife point. And this accident not gonna happen for, is not a very common accident. And I had this nightmare, somebody's following me all the time and I always look at my shoulder. Oh, is there anybody following me? So these nightmares was with me for years. Uh, by the time I, tr I tried to uh, work on myself, so by that time I said, okay, 
I'm going to work on myself and I'm going to feel safe. As you said, that's very important. If you feel insecure and you feel that this tra trauma is going to following you, then another tra trauma going to happen and follow you again. So this <laughs> yes. is going to be sequential traumas after, after each other. So I've heard ab about it from a lot of people. They say they are very unlucky to have these traumas sequentially, but this is not luck. A lot of things happen here because you try to rewind this movie all the time, all the time, and then yes, it's going to repeat it in your life. Yeah. Well, your 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 thoughts create feelings and feelings create emotions and emotions are what, you know, the law of attraction is energy. Yeah. So we do recreate these over and over. And when you look at many things in life, that zero to seven years of age is our formation of our life and our thoughts and beliefs. And it's, it's largely an emotional memory period. Mm -hmm. So, yes. you know, even that age, we can relive traumas that happened to us as a child, not even knowing we had experience with them. So. Mm -hmm. But if you're focused on it, even in your mind, something else is going to happen because your mind's always drawing that in. Yeah, exactly. what you're thinking yeah. about. Yeah. Yes. So what do you do when you trigger with a trauma? Again, like again, something happened to you and you remind those trauma again. And what, what do you do? Or what do you suggest to your clients to do? Um. Well, again, I teach the, the, the tapping as we go. So how to calm their nervous system. It's a methodology because it's touch points, it's acupressure points on the body. So I'm teaching it as I go. And I'm happy to share that with people just for self-care. It's a mess. You know, the, officially, like, when we're stressed, we have cortisol goes, you know, through our, they say it's in our brain, but it's through our whole body. When we're highly stressed, most of our blood leaves the front part of our brain, goes to the back, and we're in a fight or flight. And we're, many of us are in there like most, most of the day. You know, we have a society today that is like super stressed like crazy, right? And we're, we're in this fight or flight. So I really work on teaching them the method, tapping method themselves. And so they, I'm encouraging them to use it on themselves after we're done the session. So I'm a practitioner and I'm a guide. I don't fix you. You're actually doing the healing because you're tapping on you. Mm -hmm. And the moment you start within a period of time, probably less than an hour, you've dropped the cortisol level in your system, cortisol level, by at least 25%. Continuing, and then you're calming your brain down, you're calming it, the, the amygdala. I don't have it all scientifically, but, you know, there's the amygdala is always on the lookout for, you know, what's danger. But when you start to calm that down, your system, the fight or flight, tends to calm down. Because... So the old safety is, is we don't feel safe anywhere we are. You know, someone who suffered PTSD, it cycles in and out throughout the day, but their whole body's on high alert. Their brain is racing with thought. So when we're teaching them, you know, with the tapping, and I'm with them because now two people are here in this process, the energy is exponential. And on your own, you cannot go into any danger with your body because it's sort of built, a built-in safety mechanism. So you, you just tap and it seems weird and people say, well, you know, it, it's awkward. Well, being in stress mode is, what do you want to be? Awkward or stressed? Like, pick one. <laughs> and, and just use those tapping points over and over. And there's, there's hand holds, there's head holds, there's body position holds to 
start to calm your system down. We naturally do this anyway. We naturally cuddle up and huddle up like that. We naturally yeah. grab our, our our systems or body touch points. You, if you really want, you want to look online. But again, we we can do these, wow. and breathing things like that. So just that alone, um, Donna Eden's medicine or energy medicine, just holding like that. You know, just hard like. And I have I use body talk access as a tapping method too. It's another methodology and does wonders because it it activates the brain, the heart, you know, the head brain, the heart brain, and the gut brain. So it's, there's ways we can do this if you're willing to, to do some of your own work. You know, interesting is, what interesting is, is that the difference between therapy and coaching. Because when you coach someone, the whole responsibility is the person you are coaching because it's a self-healing process. You try to help them to be themselves and to help themselves. Therapists, for the therapists, usually we rely on ther therapists to help us. And that's great that you can also teach them and you try to um, make them more independent on themselves which is perfect because that's what we need. We need to heal ourselves and be ourselves first. I, I really, my work is to teach people to be selfful mm -hmm. and it's not selfish, it's selfful. So self-empowerment and really when we start the journey, where are you in this journey when we start? So you have, and I say, write it down because you remember we, we sometimes forget in our journey, no matter how, our life goes, we're always seem to be stuck somewhere else. So when you remember, like say after several months of working with somebody, you don't realize that you've, you know, your stress levels went from, you know, a 12 down to a four mm -hmm. on a sort of a measurement scale. And you're actually doing things that you had not done before. It's like a phobia. People forget maybe they had a fear of spiders. I didn't have a fear of spiders. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You know, it's like, it, it's just, you forget where you were. So the self-empowerment point is when you, measure yourself or track yourself and you take some notes and unfortunately the one i'm i'm less the people have actually listened to me wrote notes down because they come back years later and they're when i was just reviewing my notes i'm saying wow you're still looking at those and measuring themselves and going really is how empowered they have become and that's you know when i hear of a i, I heard one gentleman who's a psychiatrist and he said he had a client for 23 years and i, and I was like how much did she pay you like 23 years so he, 23 years she bought him a house i think probably <laughs> it was not like, huge we, we empower i my and many of us like that we empower the client that we own that they, they can go on and, and take care of themselves if they need some help come back and we'll do some work for a little shortcut down to make you through that next step now i have a coach too i have people i work with to help me grow and prosper as well so you know, on your own, it's self-care. Two people, it takes a practitioner to, to make breakthroughs and it's safe. And I really want to qualify in a safe manner because we can, if we're not careful, we can trigger somebody into a very strong adverse reaction. So our coaching was when I was trained and, I'm, and Nancy's work with people is very much safety, very much taking care of the nervous system and, you know, the, the whole process. So you're, you're always in, in a sense of, your own resilience. Uh, that's where we want to work with people. Two people to break through, one person can self-care. 
You know, I talked uh, during these days talking with different people, medical doctors and healers, psychologists, everywhere, everyone. And it's so interesting. Medical doctors are always saying, don't trust too much to doctors. <laughs> because when you rely on the doctors, drugs, medicines, so no. that it means that you don't trust yourself. They can help you, they can support you, but at the end of the day, that's you to take this treatment or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we look at the way it works in that scenario, I mean, the, the medical society has done a great, system's done a great job with that in yes. sense, but we're managing yes. symptoms. We're managing the pain or the emotional turmoil, but we're not getting to root cause. So my work with people, and many of us are getting to root cause. What's actually going on in your body, you know, that we can resolve the, the, the trigger point in there. So you have a, because in that trigger point, you, you, you know, there's, there's a lapse of energy in your system that just holds that energy in place, you know, and, and also a memory in there is a, a belief about ourselves. And it could be multiple beliefs. When we can get to that course of where is that trigger point in there, and then your perhaps your core belief, we can reframe that one release the emotional trigger because mm -hmm. it's an energy in the system. I'm and get people for the first time starting to feel their body. Like, what do you mean feel my? Most people are up here; they're just totally in their head, you know. And their their body's just a, they're disconnected. So, getting somebody to feel their body, and then working through the system so they can release the energy of it. Then, okay, now how do you just you realize it just comes out like in it's. It's an experience for many people. Many, what do you mean, feel my body where? And I said, well, you know, we get the knots in our stomach. We don't, we're so used to knots in our stomach or a, a, almost like a, a chest pain or a, a throat yeah. congestion where we can't, can't speak yeah, because your truth. You feel right? that so, you're choking when there are lots of pressures on you. You have lots of pressure here too. Yeah. Yeah. I like and that. People, People carry like lots of weight on their neck and shoulders when they're having, you know, carrying family loads. Like, you know, you're the major caregiver. And you know, it's just, you see it over time, the years, their body starts to shape like that. People are, you know, they're hunched over, they're, they're crunched in, they have, you know, ongoing aches and pains. The body is, uh, um, what's the guess of Anacock was a big uh, proponent of PTSD. He's a Dutch psychologist, does wonderful work. His book is called The Body Keeps a Score, but he says, and it's true, it's all, it holds all our memories and it's, it's all your experiences and it shows on people. It shows on long-term illnesses, diseases, yes. um, discord, yes. aches and pains, like tremendous, like joints seize up. So that's all our energy system and then, then everything else comes in. You know, a lot of terms, it's already in our cultures and languages. You say uh, shoulders, yeah, we say, this this uh, person has lots lot on his shoulder, lots of yeah. burden in his shoulder. That's the same with the points. That's right, as you said. Then I just compare because uh, yeah, we have lots of uh, pain here and lots of pain here on the chest mm -hmm. because of those pressures and the nervous system going to be affected here in this part. I like that. Oh, it's it's when the energy again. We have an energy electrical system when it gets congested because the body holds emotional memories. You know, the brain acts as but the body's a holder, and oftentimes the body will keep us 
we'll hold the memory so we don't remember. And I always consider the body has its own intelligence system. And when we start to really go into this work, we ask, we can literally like a, ask your body, what does it need? If you're looking for a right vitamin, just whether you call it kinesiology or muscle testing, you know, what, if you're holding a vitamin, what's, what's, is this good for me? Your body will know it has that, you know, we have that sensory, you know, and, and what's, what's good for me to eat and what's not. And, and we could say beer's not good for us, but it tastes good, right? Or wine, but I mean, we still do those things as well, but it's, it's learning to really communicate with itself. And, and I would say come home to our body because we're not taught to be in our body. We're taught to be out there fighting all these battles and doing all these things that the media wants us to do. But we need to come here. I like it. So I have two questions. Uh, first of all, do you think that uh, PTSD is curable? Yes, yes. Um, but I will say, and this is from another couple, Craig and Lena Wiener talks about this, Craig Wiener and uh, Lena Frank that you're never fully free of a traumatic memory. Yes. Because it still becomes a core of who you are. I look at traumatic memories as soccer balls because there's aspects of, and often we're working on a particular aspect of a memory because of a direction we want to go in life. You know, and people, and the, the most important thing to say, people say, oh, I've, I've worked in that. It's, not, it's all gone and done. Wrong. Totally wrong. But it's still part of our system energetically. It's what helps shapes us too, whether it be a, a war event or an accident. But again, looking to where you want to go in life and to say, if you've worked on, okay, but I've worked on it over here because now I want, you know, let's say we we want to have good working relationships to them. Relationships are key points. So we've worked on traumatic memories for maybe somebody have, maybe we've lost people we love. And so we have good work relationships, but now it comes to personal relationships or intimate relationships. And we have now, now it's a block. I mean, why is it a block? I worked on it, but that work is a different energetic aspect of itself. You know, to having personal relationships, having relationships with someone's children. You know, you may have lost, a, somebody's lost a child. All of a sudden, you're in a new relationship with, with children, and you're like, I don't know how to connect with them because I've lost, you know, or you've lost pets. And we've all had that. So it's going to come up in aspects or points of view of your life. So it's still, it's, you're never fully free. Exactly. But you can still live a pretty, pretty good life. Because if you lose your child, it's, you cannot even forget it, never. No, no. <laughs> you always have it in your mind and it, inside your body, you always feel it. But it's not the end of the world. Life continues and you have to leave. That's the point. And you may have other dependencies to take care. Other people you may need to take care. So I have uh, other questions too. Um, Let's say, um, let me ask this like that. All right. If somebody come to you or want seek for help and support, it means he's one step ahead because he knows that he wants to be healed and you have this awareness of yourself, you don't hate yourself, you know, or you, uh, deeply you like to be healed. But sometimes you have other people around you that they don't want to be healed. They want to be dying. So they want to die. They, they are very depressed and you don't know how to help them. How can you help them if they don't want to cooperate? 
Well, one is take care of yourself, self-care, because if you're, it's like someone who's like, and we guilty, we want to save somebody. And, we're, and what happens, but our energy fields get hooked into them. Like we want to, and we parents, loving parents, we, we want to rescue a, a sibling or a child who has a condition. You know, maybe they're drinking or drugs and we, and we get so hooked into trying <coughs> to save them that our energy fields are so intertwined, we can't do anything for ourselves. So one is learning, and it's hard because we think we have to, I have to rescue you, I have to do this, is to, to be in your own, like take care of yourself first, and then, and you know, how can I work with this person, but I'm not tied to you. You know, you may love the person dearly, but I'm not, I'm not my drama isn't with you. And I know it's hard with children and parents and stuff, but just energetically where you're calm, you have awareness and you're, making decisions that's valuable for you to live well, but not ignoring the other person. But you have much better, like I said, when somebody's in, in their state, I'm not in your story, but I'm able to help assist in the awareness of asking questions for helping them. And then can I get someone else to, to work with them? You know, they may never want to be better. They may never want to, like a siblings or, but at least I'm not in the drama. I can still love you. I can still be part of your life in some form, but I may have to really be self-care. I'm not here to sacrifice myself for you. It's not disrespectful, but you know, it's we each have our journey. And I can say it honestly, my siblings are all, I mean, I had five older siblings, they're all gone. You know, alcoholism, suicide, cancer, cancer, you know, emphysema. So my last one has sister has dementia. So I mean, we, we looked at our upbringing, it's like, I think there was some dysfunction there because they're gone and I'm still here, so. Absolutely. <laughs> not being in someone's story. And it's, a side note, when somebody does make a change in their life and we're looking for approval, like say someone is an alcoholic and they want to, but they will go back to a family union. Family's the big dynamic, right? But the, the family may still see them as an alcoholic. And it's like, but I've changed. And oh, I, well, you quit drinking last school, so whatever. But when you energetically shift that perspective with each person, and you can do that with the FDA, we can energetically bring someone up to in front of you and, and do some tapping so your energy is just, you know, you're not hooked in their field. Those relationships will change. And, so, and that's. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, so if it's your very close person to you, like uh, your child or your partner, how can you deal with it? Because I've heard about it a lot. Some parents um, have lots of uh, problem with their kids. They don't know how to handle it, and they want. They really wish to help, but uh, the kids uh, refuse to get help. Again, self care is is primary for you, so you're not. Oh, I know we want to fix them. I know. I know. So it's self-care for you that you can hold that space. And maybe it has to be some self-love that whatever, because at that point you make better decisions, whatever you can bring in, like an, uh, a therapist, a practitioner that actually wants to work with you. I mean, I, I don't have a solid answer because it's, again, if you've got an 18 year old that's very self-destructive and you're trying to save them, and, but if it's killing you, I, you know, the, the point you have to have your own, awareness of what you need to do. I'll give you a quick scenario. Someone else I knew was doing a lot of personal work and there wasn't EFT to use another modality. Long-term marriage and they're really struggling, but she said finally when she got to the point of she released everything and just hit that free point, I feel free, her partner made a shift. Mm. 
because the energy was free. So that again, because when we are so much and want to rescue, the other person knows, well, it doesn't matter what I'm doing because you're always going to save me. You're always going to be there for me. You're always going to save me. And we have that modality. And I can say it honestly with my, you know, my brother committed suicide. I knew he was in bad shape, but I just, you know, he, he called me. I didn't call him back. I said, man, I've many phone calls before. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not there to save you this time. Like, I didn't know that at the time. I just said, I'm not, I'll call him back tomorrow. I just had enough. And he took his life the next day. Now I could say, I mean, I probably, that was probably because I had to identify his body and all that, but I mean, and that can happen. And I, I, I don't mean for any parent to have to see that as a child, but again, self-care, you're, you know, cause you have a relationship with your partner that you can still go to work. You can still take care of your family and it gives you a better state of mind. How to hold space for that, for that child is so destructive. And what else, what are the measures in place? Like, and that's, you know, and today, uh, you know, my, do I have the magic answer for what's going on today with all this drama that's going out there? No, I, I don't have a magic answer other than just calming your own self down, taking care of your own needs, depression-wise, anxiety, that you can be functional to make good decisions in your life, not mm. feed your face in front of a TV and being depressed all day. Yes. Good to know because it's a really difficult situation. I've seen it um, so many times and it's so devastating when you see that you cannot help them. Yeah. And uh, unless uh, they come to their own awareness that they want to be healed. Yeah. But so, the parents, yeah. the yeah. parents, it's important for the parents to care for themselves. Yes. I've seen where a child's tried to self-harm and, and if the parents can manage their own emotions they're in a much better state to be there for the child to, to maybe force decisions or do something that's not you know because then you never you're never sleeping because you're always worried you're you're never off your high alert so your greatest fear becomes what are you going to attract yes because yeah probably that worry is too much worrying it too much and uh, lots of pressure and forces that uh, you put on your kid is gonna it, it's not gonna help it's more and more destructive yes uh, something i want to think of though when, it, when sometimes children have anxiety because they're self-destructive when they start to do something well say they're making what they call positive steps i say my opinion that we foundation with simple steps and build foundations not okay they're better they're out there they've got a job they're doing everything but because you know they've been depressed and maybe in a bedroom for, for 18 months or something also now they get hey he's got a job it's all good no it's not all good they've, they've made a step build a foundation with that step because all of a sudden they start doing, they're spinning too many plates they don't have the nervous system capacity to do everything that you did and go out and do all these things because the first thing that goes wrong you're going to collapse again Wow. It's going to fall. It's going to too many things are going because they all send a while now. They're, you know, it's all it's one step at a time. Build a foundation. If they maybe they've gone out and got a job or something or done something that's positive, build that as a foundation. You know, well, okay, let's let what and so that's that becomes their norm. As being depressed has been a norm for eighteen months. Now all of a sudden I got a job. And, you know, that's not norm. That's a new vibration. I don't care where they come from. You when you lose that confidence, it takes time for that confidence to come back. And then build the next step. Okay, they're going to work. What else can I do? That you know, one thing at a time that they can start to do. What else are they going to do? They, are they going to start you know, uh, 
cooking for themselves. They're going to start, you know, little things. I don't know, you know, whatever, but it's not, I've, I've heard people say, oh, yeah, everything's good. They, they're all back to normal. No. It doesn't sustain itself. And I think um, in, in one family, both you have two kids, four kids, whatever, uh, all of them are so different. Even if they are raised by the good parents, same parents, same <laughs> yeah. parents yeah. good parents, yeah. but all of them are different. Like I have three other brothers, but none of them are the same, even me. We had different, um, we had different fields, study different things and doing different things. We are not really the same. But the, the, the deep nature is the same, that we know that we are siblings because we are from the same parents. <laughs> yeah. But I also say, it, the, there's a uh, mark, I can't think of the book is, um, not the body keeps the score, but the, it didn't, well, the book is, it didn't start with you. And it talks about emotional traumas that, that come through generational. And that can, you know, because it's cellular memory. They talk, I don't know how many generations, seven or 10 generations of cellular memory from experiences. Many of, of us have come from war-torn countries. And those traumatic experiences are cellular memories in our body. So it may show up in a child. I mean, they, uh, anyway, if it, if it didn't start with you, but the book is, I can't think, his name is Mark, I can't remember his last name, but it talks where this, this pattern may show up in a child. And you think, why? Well, where did this come from? Where did this memory come from? How, why is this child behaving? We've never exposed that. That can be in siblings, right? I know it takes after characteristic in the family. You know, you always, well, you, you're acting like Uncle Fred. He just had a bad temper like you. So that child's got a temper like Fred. And then your, your sister has a, you know, a pattern from your great grandfather. And you think it, this is what shows up in, in our characteristics yeah, in our family. Yeah. And environment <laughs> also. Let's say if you were in the war and you already affected by war this gonna stay with you and you may carry it to your childhood to your adulthood yes yeah and the whole generation gonna be affected is not only you and you may carry it give it to your kid mm -hmm. even if that kid was not inside the war but still get it from you because you actually hold all those emotions and those destructive feelings and memories you uh, unintentionally you give it to your kid yes uh, the Kessel talks about that he said for every person who comes back from war they affect seven people wow so you look at you know and that's family you know your your immediate spouse especially what they call the shell shock but again you know those behaviors but again so, you know, you know, the silence, the behavior, the, the not safe, and then all the things going on. And it could be very much violence, the, the drugs that come with that as well. So you're right, but coming through war, someone can be two or three generations from, from a war and still have those memories in their system. Yes. And, yeah. and we wonder why, why we, have, we, we act so crazy or why we, you'll see generations of families where the women are single. They have their partners die or they end up divorced. And it's because we carry those emotional memory patterns as well. Yes. Yes, yes you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the biggest memory I think is I want to address is the so-called the, the abuse that happens in families because the fam what it was, we don't talk about that, but that silence perpetuates the problem. 
Mm. You know, the, the, so, you know it's, it's because it becomes a silent abusive cycle or the fact that sometimes when somebody was abused physically or sexually and they've gone to a parent for help and a parent punishes them and says, we don't talk about that. So this is, and it's not, it's probably more common than we ever, we ever want to admit. And as you said, favor. their emotion is here for years, yeah. years, years, and it should be released somehow. Yeah. Sometimes it's just releasing their angers or some other unexpected emotions and feeling and reactions. But you don't know what's the hidden secrets of these reactions, actually. Yeah. yeah. yeah you, you don't, when someone comes to the table, I would say if you sat down at the dinner table and you had 20 people, you have no idea what experiences are. And somebody who looks, I would say, you wouldn't give a second thought. They look very modest. We have no idea what they've experienced. Yeah, and, you know, you don't they, know. The root cause, you don't know. No. No. Okay, do you have <clears throat> any program or any website, anything that you can offer to my audience? Um, on my Facebook page, of my, I have a personal page, but there's Life Transformation Coach is my one page. So I'm, I'm on there for somebody to reach out to me um, my website just in progress i have one page up right now i'm getting content created for it um just reaching out a sense of the uh the areas i work in but i, I mean i don't i often will recommend just somebody go watch some videos on it like if they want to learn about eft tapping um i use that as a resource so they feel comfortable that this is something they want to do and even having the conversation people say well I've, that's going to pass them but oftentimes i in discussion, I'm not there to dig up the past, but we can find out that you're still being blocked by those memories. You know, you're still having that resistance. And and I even myself, I just did some work on weekend with a character, a fellow, and I thought, oh my goodness, there's a whole bunch of area things I still have to work on for showing up with my, because everything is energy. Yeah. And when we have beliefs of, of, of challenge in life, energetically, that's how our, our life is flowing. And I, I, I laugh when I talk with people asking questions. I had a sheet in front of me there. I mean, I've had four personal phone calls of people who died that I care about. You know, when my, when my brother died, when my wife died, and other, you know, if my other brother died, and, you know, th those are phone calls. Do you think I, so do you think the phone is my friend? You know, do I want to pick up? It? I'm using it, but I thought, man, is there a belief in there that I'm still hanging on to? You know, just looking at that. So right now, again, I'm just, Still processing my my message that, but my life transformation coach with Richard Morton is probably my best page to look at who I am, some of the things I do, um, and then just uh, I'm on a I have a LinkedIn profile as well. I, again, free course I can I offer people a introductory session, a consultation. I offer them the, the 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 body talk access tapping as well, just so they can take that with them. You know, so I'm not here to sell people things. I want to know if they want to. Mm -hmm. desire to make some difference in their life and where does that where do they want to make that difference great um if you want to summarize your message in one sentence what do you say i bring people emotional freedom peace and calm by using a method called tapping to interrupt those patterns we do inter like interrupt those troublesome bothersome patterns in your life and finally have a bit of peace um and balance in your life Great. One sentence. <laughs>
All right, thank you so much to be here. I really enjoy that. And I really wish to learn about tapping myself, really. <laughs> That's a great uh, treatment because uh, I know I struggled a, a lot to uh, heal myself during those dark times. And uh, it takes time. I wanted to be healed. I wanted to be happy. So that was the first step I already had it in mind. And I was so lucky to, I, that I could help myself, but probably if I had somebody to work with me in the beginning, so I didn't have to go a long way alone by myself. That's a great feeling when you know that somebody's helping you and give you a lot of help, care and support. Absolutely. On your own, it seems like an endless journey, and we don't know our own invisible walls. Yes. And especially with tapping, we can't break through the big patterns by ourselves because our system doesn't let us. Yes. And so you need two people, and you need a practitioner, and there's more than me out there that understand how to be safe and guide you through that process. To be independent, to self yourself, and that's the yeah. best part of it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Richard. I love it. And uh, uh, hopefully my audience also enjoy the same. Thank you, Patia. I really, Pantia, I really enjoy being here. I'd love to do this again. So thank you very much. So. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye-bye.